0: Welcome to this series of Warriors Unite podcast with me your host Carolyn. Here I've created a platform for people with dysautonomias, chronic illness and invisible illness where we can all come together to advocate, educate and of course make awareness to all these conditions. I myself 17 years ago was diagnosed with a chronic illness called POTS, so I do know how important it is that we get all this information out. So I do hope you can come along and join in as us Warriors Unite. like to apologize in advance as our next guest Jamie's in California and I'm in Ireland. When we were recording this we had a few little delays and slight few little um, microphone tech issues but I really wanted to get our episode out so
1: do be patient with us and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Warriors Unite podcast and this week our warrior joining us is the very beautiful Jamie hello Jamie how are you I'm well and yourself I'm doing doing good today just man, managing my way through the heat um Jamie you're in California is it
2: I am I'm in Fresno California
1: Wow, never been to this place have load of family over there but I've just never been myself yeah, just for any of the listeners that would be listening in, there's a slight delay in um, the connection between me here in Ireland, obviously, and Jamie in California. So you can just bear with us. Um, yeah, and I'm going to hand you over to Jamie, and she's going to talk you through um, all the, the issues and what's going on with her own um, list of chronic illness. So over we go to you, Jamie.
2: I am. So, I guess it started. um, I did not know I had a cardiac history. I was born with a congenital heart defect that um, I was unaware of until I was 18 when I went into cardiac arrest and I presented at the emergency room. Um, I was coding, I was uh, cardioverted. And at that point I was diagnosed with, Wolf well, Parkinson white, uh, it was December 23rd. I had, yeah, that was my Christmas present for the year. I had my first heart ablation, uh, later that week and, um, they were successful in ablating that. Um, defect, which is a, for people who do not know, it is an accessory pathway that creates a tachycardic. It can be very fatal um, if left undiagnosed and untreated. Um, And that's what created the seizure of my heart. Um, So after that, I continue to be syncopal. And um, I have had seven uh, ablations after that for SVT, atrial flutter, atrial fib. Um, I've been on every beta blocker, every calcium channel inhibitor out there. Uh, when those means did not um, mitigate my symptoms, I was still having syncopal episodes. I have broken my orbit from passing out. I have broken wrists. I have Um, Had multiple lacerations. Um, I've had car accidents from syncope episodes. Um, They decided um, I've failed tilt table tests in the past. My heart rate has been recorded as low as thirty on a tilt table. Um, At that point, I got my first pacemaker for severe bradycardic rhythms at the age of twenty-seven and I have had two um, dual chamber pacemakers implanted. I currently have one and it has been a game changer. I've had minimal syncable episodes with the pacemaker. I am right responsive at this point, but um, in the recent past, I've gone from only needing the pacemaker uh, one to 2% of the time to it has increased to 25 to 35% of the time, I am now using my pacemaker, and I am seeking the help of specialists to find out why my heart conduction system is failing at a more rapid rate. Um, My cardiac output is failing. My last um, echocardiogram shows my heart is failing um, even faster. I was diagnosed in November with POTS, after having COVID-19 in March of 2020. And I had a second infection of COVID in the spring of this year, despite having had the vaccinations. The second infection was not as severe, but I did still have a second infection. Um, Despite all this, I am able to exercise. I am not working currently um, outside my home because of my symptoms. But I do work at home as a health and wellness coach. That's a lot of information. I am so sorry.
1: So bradycardia is that how you pronounce
2: it? Yeah, bradycardia, the severe low rate um, of the heart.
1: So that's very, very slow heart rate. So your, which is obviously dangerous. So that's why you have two pacemakers, is it?
2: Right. That's why I've had two pacemakers. So I went from having high, high heart rates. I've had um, the supraventricular tachycardia, and then um, I've had ablations for that. And then I had the severe severe low rates, and it's been recorded as low as 30. So So you
1: went from high tachycardia to to very low. It was so extremely frustrating
2: because it's, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in the eighties, I'm 41 years old. So when I was in my family um not okay i am gonna throw my (laughs) i grew up like a white trash trailer baby okay i grew up in a mobile home so we and i was athletic i was a competitive figure skater but when i was passing out when i was a kid it was because of the will parkinson white so my parents like they didn't rush you to the hospital when. and this is the 80s you know when you were a kid and you were passing out there, it was anxiety. You were nervous. You were dehydrated. It's not like now when your kids pass out, you, you panic. So, there was, and there's no family history of cardiac issues. So, the, you know, my doctors keep asking, well, who else is sick in your family? I don't know. There's no medical history. My grandfather and my grandmother have had heart attacks, but this is unrelated to heart attacks. This isn't that type of problem. This is an electrical issue. This is a heart conduction issue. So, you know, this has been going on since I was born and it's getting worse. And so I keep thinking when they keep giving me new diagnoses, one, I'm being overdiagnosed. So am I insane? Am I going to the doctor too much? It really makes you feel like that. And I am very blessed to have married a a man who's an advanced clinical pharmacist and he's specialized in cardiology. He keeps reminding me, my husband reminds me all the time, you're not crazy, something's wrong. You're not supposed to feel like this. And the amazing thing about social media and even the opportunity to speak with you, Carolyn, is talk to other people, do the research. Don't get, go down the rabbit hole don't get lost in the rabbit hole but go down the rabbit hole everybody because there are other people like you i spent years years everybody thinking i was crazy that i was i i got depressed i felt lonely and it didn't make me healthier it made me sicker and i It didn't help anything. But now knowing that there are other people out there who have Parkinson's White and who have had ablations and who get better, that there are other people with POTS who can go to work, who do lead successful families and lives, who have conduction issues in their hearts and find the right doctors. It takes a long time. You have to be an advocate for your health you have to learn to listen to other people and it's frustrating as hell oh yeah it is if you put the work in if you're willing to and i'm not saying everything is sunshine and rainbows and unicorn farts and there are bad days there are days that i don't want to get out of bed that i want to sit and cry and feel sorry for myself and you have to let yourself have those days It is, it's hard, but it has taken me 20 years of being a patient to get to that point. And I think that's what's been driving me, especially the last year and a half, to just like buckle down and take control of, I'm tired of being the chronic illness victim. I'm going to be the healthiest version of being sick, if that makes sense. You know, again, social media has opened my eyes. I see so many amazing inspirational stories. I see stories of people who have mast cell and they are on TPN and they are happy. I see stories of patients who have stage four cancer out there living happily engaged they are not in hospice waiting to die. I had a family member very recently tell me, you're sick, your heart is failing, why don't you just sit on the couch and just get ready to die? Those words hurt me, those words hurt me. And I thought to myself, I'm not even halfway through my life expectancy. I'm not ready to die. And those are the words every single moment I wake up, I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to die and have my tombstone say, her lab test came back fine. So even though my blood pressures every morning are 90 over 60, yeah, my heart rate is 100, I know that's not okay. I know that's POTS. I know, so I'm gonna keep working on getting my heart rate and my blood pressures and my heart rate back. I'm gonna work on getting my heart function to work better again. I'm going to work on getting the strength back in my body. I'm going to, I'm going to work on living. I'm done dying. And I think it's so important, like you said, the generation after us. I mean, the generation before us came with the idea that the doctor was right. Whatever the doctor said was gospel. You know, the doctor said he was wrong. And that's what you went with. Your arm could be falling off. You could look down and see your arm was falling off. And you said, okay, doctor, my arm's not falling off. Now we're learning to not necessarily question the doctor, but ask for more information. I, I was just gonna say, I think that is so important to teach the next generation. It's okay to ask for more information. It's okay to say, well, I can see my arms falling off. Do you really think it's
1: okay? It's more. I know, I know what's happening with my body. What are you going to do about it? You don't need to tell
2: me what my diagnosis is. I know it. What are you going to do about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it it helps me and it conditions me in a couple ways. In addition to POTS, I have um, chronic pain. I I also have advanced degenerative disc disease. Um, And I've had two spinal fusions. And I have a spinal cord stimulator. So... I have, I have to move to manage my pain. Um, In the last, I got to look at the calendar, last 20 months, I have been completely opioid free. Um, Prior to that, I have been on 20 years of opioid pain management through the physicians, including fentanyl, dilaudid. Um, oxycodone, Percocets, you name it, and like high levels that they give um, cancer patients and stuff because my pain was so uncontrolled. So at this point I am on no opioid pain management at all, which I am very proud of, and which um, medically is almost unheard of to have been on that level of pain management not needed at this point. I don't even use uh, medicinal marijuana. Um, so I use, like I said, I used to be a competitive, um, figure yeah. sp- just started really, really small and it helps build my confidence. It helps build my stamina so I can stand and cook. Um, mm,
1: yeah,
2: because I mean, all us potsies we know standing and cooking and not getting dizzy is a huge thing like if you can make it through prepping dinner whoo
1: you're winning at that, life amen sister i mean that is huge doing the
2: dishes that is it like exciting So that's where I started like just getting through daily tasks and when I had the confidence to do that I just started adding small things. Um, I'm at a point, wish me luck, I'm going to start a 13-week program today of weight training and cardio. I have no idea how successful I'm going to be. But I'm gonna try uh, just to see. Now, just, let's see what I can do. I
1: guess. you, Yeah, yeah I was just because I guess um, I like like all of us. Our biggest fear in life, basically, is fear itself. So we don't know how far we can go until we push ourselves. up. Yeah. Um, that's about how I
2: feel about this. Um, yeah, I I did there are some of the it, it's not jumping jacks for me it's things like burpees and um like that high knee running in place i and i don't run so if you ever see a video of me running it's because somebody's chasing me so if you see that please call the authorities because um i don't run <laughs> I think fear, I think that's a lot of it too. I think for, especially those of us with chronic illness with um, postural changes that affect our um, balance, there's a lot of fear when we exercise and knowing like, especially knowing that our heart rates go up or our heart rates go down, there's fear. Especially when our doctors are telling us, be careful. Well, that puts it in our head, something's gonna go wrong. And if you can't, if you don't have the money, if you don't have um, the insurance, if you're not in a socialized medicine country, if you're here in the States and you have to get insurance or approval, if you don't have somebody over your shoulder watching you, it's terrifying to exercise. So you have to start slow. You have to gain the confidence. And that's where it's so important, I think, to find one, a program that you feel comfortable doing. If that's seated yoga, start with seated mm-hmm. yoga. If that's standing up and sitting down in your chair during commercial breaks on your t- favorite TV program, start there. Gain the confidence. And then just work your way up. It's, it's scary to do exercise. I don't care if you're sick or not.
1: I'm looking forward to watching you doing that now because I think it's amazing and I am myself, I'm all the same, I start yoga, and start.
2: We, for the world at large, when people ask, how are you? You put a smile on and you say, I'm well, thank you. You're not well. You took two hours to get out of bed, get showered, get dressed, You barely got your food down because you're so nauseous. You choked on your pills. It took you another 30 minutes to get into the car and to get to that meeting with your girlfriend. And you smiled and you said, I'm having a great morning. (laughs) You're not. Right. We need to normalize having a shitty day. That's it. Yeah. That
1: it is. That it is okay to say when you're not okay, whether it's physically or mentally, that it's, okay if somebody's asking it's okay to open up they may not understand awareness it's hard enough to understand it, to understand it. but the more you educate people we really hope the more um more awareness for all these illnesses are coming out now i'd also seen that we're doing is a wellness coach wellness coaching
2: wellness coaching right so part of my wellness coaching is helping people learn the difference between dieting and eating for your health and being well. Being well means that whole body experience, getting enough sleep, which there is a difference between sleeping when you're sick and sleeping when you're healthy. As chronically ill people, we sleep a lot, but that's not because we're sleeping healthily. We're sleeping because our bodies are exhausted. That's not good sleeping. We need to, we need that nine hours of good healthy sleep. Um, we need to eat properly. I think we can all relate to just making and this was a problem for me. 10 years ago, I was 315 pounds. I got to 315 pounds because. It was easier to have my husband pick up fast food on the way home, because I didn't have the energy to stand and cook. I didn't have the energy to make good meals in advance to prep them. I just wanted to eat something fast, something easy. and And I was eating my emotions. I was sad, I was angry at every healthy person I felt was getting something better than me out of life. I ate so there's a my wellness coaching helps people identify ways to make meals that are easy for what you are going through and not everybody's meal and there is a difference between dieting and eating well dieting is not sustainable eating well is a lifestyle and will support what your health needs. Your health needs are different than my health needs.
1: Uh
2: Um, My, like my health needs right now, I need more protein, more and like lots of posses, more sodium, but I can't have a ton of sodium because I also have chronic kidney stones and kidney dysfunction. So it's a balancing act. Um, I can't have a, I'm I. I, they're kind of looking in a mask, but, um, I'm a, I'm sensitive to a lot of foods. So I have to, I can't eat like a ton of everything that a lot of my other friends eat. So my diet is very narrow. Um, it's, I help people identify what they need. I help you find what exercises work for you, like seated yoga where some people like to run some people like cardio like i said not me this is going to be an adventure um but
1: (laughs) um and it's a job that
2: allows me to still do something from home and still feel like i'm working but I get the flexibility when I'm having a bad day that I can take the time off and take care of myself.
1: Yeah, it's most important because if you're not okay, then nothing around
2: you is going to be okay. Leave. I mean, I, I'm a former school teacher, elementary school teacher, and I, I love that. I love the little kids, but it was exhausting. And they don't understand. And when Mrs. Mouton is dizzy, they don't understand when I, I need to sit down in the middle of a lesson, um, when I can't come to school for days on end because I'm in a flare. It's hard for administration to understand that even though you tell them at the onset. Um, I hope to someday be able to go back and I'm hoping that I get stronger. But right now, this this makes me happy.
1: Jamie, you can go through her coaching um, if you would mind with people, because people might be able to reach out to you then, and you can set up an individual plan for what they need they need for their their individual illness. Sound good? And we can get you to some promotion and get people to make.
2: Definitely, and if you want, you can link them to my um, Instagram page, and they can um, come to me there, and it's at Charmed uh, Strength and Wellness, and um, be happy to have anybody check me out there, and I do start that 13-week challenge today with Beachbody, um, so that could be entertaining, um, <laughs> and I do look forward to talking to you again.
0: Thank you so much. Wow, Jamie really got the message across there to tell people I am not ready to die yet. And we really need to pull together and make more awareness of this gaslighting this medical gaslighting that's going on because it's just not good enough I'd like to thank you so so much Jamie for joining us and by the time this episode is released Jamie will have already been halfway through her journey of her new workout and her physical health if you would like to follow her story do please go and find her on Instagram at charm underscore wellness I would like to also thank you all for listening and I do hope you can come back and join us again as us warriors unite
1: you